0: Welcome to the Stiano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Stiano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. Hi, I is live It's seven o'clock. Uh, We are in the midst of the coronavirus lockdown. We're going to look back at these videos in years to come. Obviously, because this this is going to be in a time capsule. This weird coronavirus lockdown time. We've got some questions. Of course, we've got some questions. But if you do have a question, then please feel free to uh, ask, ask me. I will do my level best to answer it this is a question from last week and i'm really sorry i forgot to make i forgot i forgot full disclosure i forgot what is this fat graft and i think i can't i gotta anyway i'll just talk in general terms of uh, fat graft i think it was about buttock in particular but i've spoken before about fat graft to the buttock we're not supposed to be doing it because it's got high complication rate so um, but just in general terms what is fat graft Uh, I guess what is this fat graft this fat graft is a very effective procedure which involves taking fat basically you look at fillers people talk about fillers and you've got permanent you've got different types of fillers You've got permanent fillers and temporary fillers. And temporary fillers are usually things like hyaluronic acid, which are the fillers that you would normally associate with fillers. When people talk about fillers, they normally, you you conjure up visions of a man with a syringe injecting in your nasal labial fold or, you know, in wrinkles to try and fill out wrinkles. And that is a a temporary filler. It's hyaluronic acid. It sort of dissolves over. Um, months and then you might need to have it done again but you can have permanent fillers and fat is an example of a permanent filler fat being your fat and what we do is we take your fat from one part of your body it doesn't matter where just where if we can get it from uh, commonly tummy uh, thighs are good as well outer thighs are good uh, but somewhere where there's some fat people get very excited and think oh great i'm having liposuction it's not really like proper liposuction it's small volumes so it's not don't think your tummy or your thighs are going to be recontoured it doesn't do a huge um, amount of recontouring to the um, to the donor site the place where you take the fat from isn't sort of Uh, recontoured it could be recontoured but you'd probably do liposuction after the fat graft harvest because when you harvest fat for fat grafting you do it under a very low pressure when you do liposuction you do it under really high pressure to suck all the fat out because your point of the surgery is to suck the fat out when you do fat grafting the point of the surgery is to get viable healthy alive fat cells so you're much more careful much more gentle with the fat when you're doing fat grafting So it involves removing the fat from one area. You then process the fat. You don't necessarily inject it straight in. You process the fat by removing any dead fat cells or any fluid because you often put a bit of fluid in first before you remove the fat. It's a standard for liposuction. Again, you usually use less fluid than you would for liposuction. Therefore, when you're harvesting for fat grafting, often the bruising is worse because the fluid helps stop um, bruising and bleeding and if you put in too much fluid when you're doing fat grafting when you're harvesting the fat you just just get loads and loads of fluid out if you're doing liposuction it doesn't matter if you've got loads of fluid in because you're inject you're um, aspirating it under high volume high pressure rather. so uh yeah so you're often a, bit, a lot more bruised for fat grafting than you would be or the standard liposuction so it involves removing the fat processing getting rid of any of that uh, fluid getting rid of any of those dead fat cells and then just relieving yourself with the pure fat and then you can inject the pure fat somewhere else and you can inject it anywhere else as i, said, I think this patient is thinking of having in the buttocks that is not somewhere that we are encouraged to be doing now it was a very popular procedure and i think in other parts of the world it still is popular but it has been linked with some fatalities, so we have been advised to not do it in the UK. Uh, at least the plastic surgeons have, and uh, but it can be injected in other places as well. The face, very common for the face, um, volume to the cheeks, anywhere there's sort of hollows um, around the eyelids, you can inject some fat to give uh, some some volume. Uh, my area, which is the breast, is not. Mass- it, it is massively useful, but not massively useful in my experience in cosmetic breast. It's really useful in reconstructive breasts. When you're reconstructing one breast, if you do want to avoid an implant, which um, a lot of people do, particularly in breast reconstruction, because you're using radiotherapy, which can accelerate capsular contracture. So if you want to avoid an implant using your own tissue, particularly if you're using tissue from your back, it's often not very big breast about a B cup usually, um, depending on the size of the soft tissue coverage on your back. Uh, So you can augment that with fat grafting. And that was something I used to do an awful lot. of. I used to do all the time when I was doing breast reconstruction. But now I'm doing cosmetic breasts. Mainly, I don't do it anywhere near as much because the problem with grafting is the results are subtle, the volumes are small. So very well if you're doing one breast, but if you have to split it across two breasts, it's often subtle. It's not normally a cup size in terms of breast augmentation. It's, so it is, it is a subtle result, but it is a very useful technique if there is some contour deformities, some deficiency somewhere. You can. I'll tell you where it is good actually in breast, cosmetic breast, is if you've got rippling. It's very hard to get more cover over the implant if you've got rippling. You're very limited what you can do with rippling. You can possibly change the implant if they've got an older implant, which is a bit less filled. You could change it from on top of the muscle and to underneath the muscle, if, of course, it is on top of the muscle. Um, but apart from that, there's not much you can do apart from putting on weight, which is a pretty terrible thing to tell a person to do. So if you uh, don't want to put on weight or can't put on weight, then fat graft is sort of doing a similar sort of thing by giving it a bit of extra fat over the top of the implant. So in, in cosmetic surgery, I think it's got a really good role as a, as a permanent filler in the face. It's also got a role in... Uh, particularly one-sided asymmetries um, or contour irregularities of the breast, but it's limited in its role for cosmetic breast augmentation. We can't really do it for butt augmentation. Uh, It's also got a role in areas where people have got uh, some atrophy somewhere. So I've used it in someone who had a congenital deformity of her leg and it was smaller than the other leg. So I uh, used fat rather than using calf implants to... um, to to build it up but it often needs several operations and the results are subtle so it has to be in the right patient because it can be a bit of a long haul and you have to be aware of what can be achieved you don't want to think it's going to be a panacea for everything but it's a great great thing great technique for those indications so that is what is this fat grafting since you asked um Olivia's laughing, I think. Uh, Sharon says, hi, JJ. Hi, Sharon. Olivia, can I ask a question that's not strictly plastic surgery related, but could be? blood pressure and dizziness causing falls. Say the patient is elderly and on high blood pressure tablets. If high blood pressure meds are stopped, will the dizziness subside and the falls stop? Blimey, Olivia. Blimey, that definitely is not plastic surgery related. Um, the answer to that is don't stop the blood pressure, don't stop the blood pressure tablets, speak to the doctor. The doctor should be able to deal with that. And and I know that the doctors are worried about coming out and things, but you could perhaps help things over the phone. Um, You're saying that there's low blood pressure. So I'm assuming you've got a way of measuring the blood pressure. So what you're talking about there is someone who's getting up and then having a low blood pressure. That's, Uh, which I think is what you're saying, is it? Because often that's called a postural drop in your blood pressure when you sit down and then you suddenly get up and the blood pressure drops and you fall because you're not getting enough blood to your brain. Uh, So that is a postural drop in your blood pressure. So you've got to think, is the patient dehydrated? Is there a reason why they're having a postural drop in their blood pressure? That's the first thing I'll be thinking. Um, uh, Are they bleeding? Um, So, okay, the doctor stopped them by phone yesterday. Okay. Um, But, yeah, if you're on high blood pressure tablets and your blood pressure isn't high, so if you've got a way of measuring your blood pressure, then go for it. Talk to the doctor. Yeah, don't ask me, Olivia, I'm the last person you want to ask about blood pressure tablets and stuff like that. It's not my, um, not my, but yeah, that sounds um, good that you've done it in conjunction with your doctor because that is, uh, you don't want to be messing with the tablets because you don't know what, you know, whether you can just stop them like that or not uh tummy tuck under epidural what sensations will i feel how long will it take to wear off will i need to be catheterized um i have not done a tummy tuck under epidural could you do a tummy tuck under epidural i mean epidural is usually the one uh, you know people who are pregnant having a um, uh, cesarean section and what if you are having a so an epidural is what we call a regional anesthetic which means a region of your body. So the lower half of your body is anesthetized. Um, usually tummy tuck is done under a general anesthetic, which is completely asleep, or you can have it with a local anesthetic and sedation, which is just, as I say, local anesthetic is just local to the to the tummy. So with an epidural, your legs don't work, whereas with a local anesthetic, it just affects the tummy. It doesn't affect the legs. Um but You'd have to have sedation as well. So, I, I, I don't know if you could have it under an epidural, um, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we would If we were going to do it under a not a GA, we would be inclined to do it under a local anesthetic with sedation. But it's so we'd have to talk to these just about that if there's a particular reason for having it under epidural. So, what sensations will I feel? I think under epidural, you don't really feel anything. You, you might have a bit of sensation that something's going on, um, but you won't feel anything. Um, if you uh, having it under a, uh, a, a particularly if you're having something like liposuction you will feel the movement of your body you know because obviously you're up half will feel movement um if you're having a local anesthetic and sedation so just to answer a different question then you do feel bits and bobs which is why you need to be on board with it so we sometimes have to put a bit more anesthetic in because you might feel twinge here twinge there a bit of pushing but it pull it pulling so ooh, it's all gone dark. Um, so that's, that's, uh, but that's local on a second station. Um, will I need to be catheterized? A very, I would say that's quite surgeon, uh, if you need to be catheterized. Uh, I don't routinely catheterize patients. There is morbidity associated with catheterizing patients in terms of the fact that you're putting a plastic tube in the bladder. Uh, usually we would do it for comfort. If the surgery is going to take a long time uh we don't really want people waking up from surgery being desperate to go to the loo and they can't really move uh to get to the loo so uh sometimes what we would do is put a what we call an in and out catheter so at the end of the surgery put a catheter in to empty your bladder and then take it out straight away so that you can then carry on but uh if the surgery was taking a long time to be prolonged stay in the hospital with being in bed you might think about being catheterized just so you don't have to keep on getting on the bedpan and things just for to help with nursing but standard for a tummy tuck i wouldn't routinely categorize personally for a tummy tuck i don't know maybe other people do i don't know um yes we can't measure her blood pressure here okay so you can't can't measure the blood pressure so if you can't so you don't really know there's blood pressure you're my favorite doctor it's my old lady okay good good to know that's <laughs> yeah, good to know tracy hi jj could you tell me why fat transfer to buttocks is dangerous? And what causes it to be fatal? Thanks. Yes, I could, Tracy. I could do that. Um, so, fat transfer to the buttocks is dangerous because there are very big blood vessels in the buttock area. There are uh, big veins, in particular, in the uh, in the in the area, and fat graft into the buttocks. I've never done it but it seems to be a bit more of a high book Oh, crikey. i that same again. Sorry. Sorry. Julia? Uh, Jack, anyone? Hello? Can, can someone come and answer this call? It's the hottest that, that space. Where's Mum? Sorry. Sorry about that. Um, um, so there are very big blood vessels in the... Uh, oh, I wish I could cut that. I cut that bit. Uh, I don't think anyone noticed, did they? I? Uh, I, uh, there are very big blood vessels in the area. And what can happen if you inadvertently inject the fat into a blood vessel... The fat will then travel round the the system in what's called an embolus, and then it can lodge, and it lodges when the the vessel gets small. So what will happen is it will travel round the system, usually in a vein, go into the heart, go through the heart, then go into the pulmonary artery and lodge in one of the little um, capillaries in the lungs and, and form a blockage in your lungs. And that's called a pulmonary embolus, um, a PE. And uh, it's a fat embolus, that would be called. And that, that if it's big, and if, it, if, it, if it's a big bit of fat and it gets one of the bra- sort of main branches of that artery and then it blocks the blood supply to the lungs, um, you can die. So you can die of a PE, basically. And that is where why people are dying of fat embolus. It's a piece of fat goes into one of those big veins, travels around the body, lodges in your lungs, and causes a fat embolus. Uh, so that is the the, the the worry about it because fat transfer to the buttock seems to be higher volume. Seems they seem to be putting quite a lot of fat in. That's the one of the limitations in my hands of fat grafting i use very small cannulas I use quite small volumes that's why i came on saying it's subtle but obviously the buttocks you, they're putting big volumes in i'm looking thinking how can they put such big volumes in they're using big cannulas they're using 50 mil syringes i'm using a two mil syringe when i do fat transfer they're using big syringes injecting these big gobs of flat fat in first of all thinking, how does that survive and secondly i'm thinking well that's mainly one thing how does that survive to be honest you've got a big gob of fat in um but the 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 reason it's fatal is that if you're putting big volumes in and it goes into a vessel, then it can kill you. Now, people who do it a lot say that there are ways you can do it safely, and you, you know, you can uh, they're, they're doing studies to say that we need to train people that there are safe ways of doing it. So, I don't want to make out as if it's sort of doom and gloom because the people who do it a lot say that actually you can do it safely and it is a good procedure, and etc. So, it may come back, but that is the reason that uh, people. People are dying or have died in the past. I um, hope that's explained it. Sorry about the problem, um, maybe a little bit. Uh, Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca. How are you, you diddling? I hope you're enjoying your lockdown with your, with your floors. It's so funny seeing you in chill clothes. Yeah. Chill clothes. Yeah. My mum bought me this for Christmas. <laughs> I like it. Hmm? Yeah, present on that one. Um Yeah, no, I, I pretty, I'm I'm pretty street. Yeah, I have got some streetwear, Rebecca. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty out there. Got to be honest, I'm uh, down with the kids. You know, definitely. How many hours does a standard tummy tuck take? Two and a half. Uh, two and a half to three. <clears throat> a standard tummy tuck, a bigger tummy tuck might take longer. Liposuction might take longer if you if you do liposuction. So three to four, if you're doing liposuction or if it's a very big patient with a high BMI, it would take longer. But two and a half to three, I would say, is normal. No, we didn't see. You don't need to worry. Good. Yeah. Uh, if you get ch- chance, can you discuss your tummy liposuction methods, please? There are different types, i.e. traditional vaser. Just wondering which type you use or do you utilize different types depending on the patient. Thank you, Rebecca. i got the chance. Yeah, I've got the chance. Um, um, I'm here and I've got the chance. So... um There are different types of liposuction. So it's interesting you see tummy liposuction there because that's opened something up right there. So um, there are different types of liposuction. So liposuction is sticking a tube in and and sucking the fat out. So that's liposuction. So the sort of basic level of liposuction is suction-assisted liposuction. So that means basically you stick a tube in, you suck it out, and that's just liposuction. So you can have what's called power-assisted liposuction, which basically is a machine which has got a tube, the, the metal liposuction tube or cannula as we call it, and you stick the cannula in. And the machine goes backwards and forwards so that you go backwards and forwards as well. But it just makes it easier. You don't have to go backwards and forwards quite as much because the machine goes backwards and forwards. So that's power-assisted liposuction. And that's what I use usually, power-assisted liposuction. I don't know if it's a smaller volume. I'm happy to use suction-assisted liposuction as a fat grafting. You use suction-assisted. You just do it with suction on a syringe. But that's that's one. And then you can assist in other ways. So you can the other ways are delivering, it, delivering energy to the fat before you suck it and uh, the common ones are with laser energy or with ultrasound energy. Vaser is quite a um, um, a popular thing and people often ask for Vaser quite uh, confusingly Vaser is ultrasound assisted energy it's laser. You'd think Vaser would be laser wouldn't you? But anyway, it's not, it's not, but anyway, so laser Be- is ultrasound. There are laser assisted liposuction like uh, smart lipo and, uh, others. Anyway, there are laser ones. And what they do is they deliver energy to the fat before you suck it out. And it's a bit more tedious to do because you have to deliver the energy first and then you have to suck it out. There are going back in the day, there were worries that the energy could potentially cause Damage to the skin and burn the skin, and you, you used to see some awful pictures of burns. I think they've got that sus now, and I think they've got temperature probes and, and what have you, so that they make sure they don't deliver too much energy to the skin, so that you don't burn the skin. Um, and the good thing, the reason that the, the uh, Vaser slash Smart Lipo and other sort of assistive forms are popular is because because you're delivering energy to the fat first, you can use a smaller cannula, and it's a bit less traumatic. So therefore, it's often done under local and sedation, as opposed to power assisted, which would probably or usually needs a GA, really. So you need to have it under, under local sedation, smaller cannulas. And also they say, no, I don't do it. So I don't want to be, you know, I, I don't, I can't uh, attest to this. But they say that the vaser the or the laser, the assisted forms, because they're delivering energy to the fat and they're sort of heating the fat up, it causes some degree of skin retraction. And so like you put there for tummy lipo. So you can use it on the tummy potentially because it might cause some degree of skin retraction. I don't know if it does or not. But because in my hands, I don't do just liposuction to the tummy. People often come and say, I just want a bit of lipo. I wouldn't do it because it doesn't cause skin retraction. If you don't get skin retraction and you have redundant skin on the tummy, you don't get a great result. So if someone comes to me and wants lipo to the tummy, I'm like, I don't think it'll be good. Unless it's the upper abdomen. The upper abdomen works pretty well. But if you've not had any, so usually if you've had a tummy tuck and you've got a bit in the upper abdomen, you can do some lipo there. But usually if you've not had anything done before, it's usually the lower abdomen where the excess fat is more than the upper abdomen. And the skin doesn't recoil well. And so you can get a bad adult. So I wouldn't do it. But I would say to you, look, you can think about these assisted forms like vaser or something like that that Might you know you have to speak to somebody who does it and maybe see if they got some photos which say that they have had a good result. Um, I just thought of something. Um, so, but but I don't do it. Uh, but that is the good thing about it. I'm not saying this. This is not. It's not like it's bad. But it's. Um, it's that's what it is. That's what it is. So those are different types. So yeah, Baser is supposed to be uh, causing some degree of skin protection. I think, broadly speaking, results-wise, certainly looking at results, I'm not sure whether you can convincingly say that one type of liposuction is significantly better than another type of liposuction in getting results. I think it's very much operator-dependent, patient selection. So I think it would be hard to say that you can get a better result with one result with one type of liposuction compared to another but um you might think one sounds better to you so you might want to fancy that one I hope that's helpful rebecca yeah thank you looks comfy thank you olivia would you sleep under local with sedation otherwise that'd be a long time to be aware of surgery yeah you do olivia i think sometimes people think that um that local and sedation you're sort of awake but you're not you're sort of you're not awake you are pretty pretty um drowsy should we say and you may well sleep and you certainly don't come out thinking god oh, that, that was boring i was sat there for three hours um i think the tummy tuck is quite a big deal to have under local anesthetic and sedation olivia it can be done but i think it's quite a big deal to have that under local sedation so i think it'd be pushing it a bit you know as you say two and a half hours Three hours, but you do tend to sleep. It's you you're not it's not like a pure local where you're totally awake and you'd be lying there thinking flippinick is still going on? Um yeah. Rebecca, thank you for asking my question. Rebecca, thank you for asking a question. Um thank you for asking a question. Very grateful to you for asking a question because (laughs) you know me, I'm keen to have questions. Keen to have questions. Right. Um, I have tummy tuck by epidural, then breast uplift and implants a week later. How will my recovery be? Absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. A tummy tuck by epidural, then a breast uplift and implants a week later. Flip. I don't know what that. Uh that is, um, I don't know, I think that, I, couldn't, I can't imagine that. I think a tummy tuck by epidural, a week later, you will be probably bent over, forget the epidural thing, a tummy tuck, you will be bent over, you will be uncomfortable, your wounds will not be healed, it will all feel quite raw, you will, you know, feel awkward taking deep breaths you'll you know would be encouraging to you know take deep breaths and to keep moving and all that you'll and then to go into surgery and have a breast up with an, an implant. forget it forget it in my view i don't know this is something it sounds like you got it all planned but if you got it all planned then fine but um yeah i think that sounds uh like a bad idea um so yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put myself through that personally. I would um, not recommend it. So um, the next question, I got a photo for, and, and I should have lined it up, shouldn't I? So I'm going to put this photo. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leapfrog if if that's okay with everyone. Um, oh, hold on a minute, it's, it's kicking off. It's kicking off. Thank you for asking. We've done that. Thank goodness for that. You'd be drowsy. Yes, Tracy. What type do you generally use? Um, power assisted liposuction, Tracy. I use power assisted liposuction with a machine called a Micro Air, which is the thing that goes pause. So I don't use the assisted forms in terms of laser or laser. Um, personally, I. Um, Don't do it, don't feel the need for it. I think I can do everything I need to do with power assisted liposuction. I'm not uh, saying they're bad or good. And uh, like anytime there's different ways of doing things, you'll find there's no best way. If one was a better way, we'd all do it that way. So, um, yeah. A discussion from an Indian surgeon. Discussion from an Indian surgeon. That sounds like a book. right i am now so i'm going to i'm looking for the photo but while i'm looking for the photo i'm going to multitask i'm going to do this one here if that's okay but 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 all in fair worn this this is the second to last question okay so just just, um just so you know so let's get the um so good afternoon i've just seen your incredible work i also have a tattoo which i'd like to excise. Uh could you give me an idea if it's possible to such a large tattoo? A large tattoo on my back, but I'd just like to excise part of it. From the beginning moved it by laser, but this treatment was unsuccessful. I had five sessions and left me a big scar. So then I made a second one, three times bigger than the first one to cover the old one. But in the place where the first tattoo was, there's a scar which is visible under the new tattoo. I'd like to make excision of one part of the tattoo, maybe a few times, but I don't even know if it'd be possible. Um so oh that's right. So uh this part, do you think it could be possible to excise this part and avoid destroying the rest of the tattoo? So I've um answered this patient and the answer is um no, because it's quite a large tattoo on, on the back and it's sort of on the shoulder and the back and it, and it's too and it's too big really. So the first thing to say is it's too big and so sometimes tattoos are too big um this patient hasn't said that i can show the photo which is great and fine i don't understand but just uh fyi if you have got a tattoo and you want to send me a photo you do that send me a photo and i'll give you an opinion on wh- whether it can be removed and if so how much it will cost and things like that so uh, if you do want to do that by all means email me or or uh, this was an instagram inquiry or a, you know, Facebook message inquiry type thing. So, um, by all means, do that. So, no, this one was too big, full stop, because it was quite big on the back, you know, that big on the back. But as a general term, if you are going to remove a tattoo, you do distort the surrounding skin and you do distort the remaining tattoo. So, if you're going to insert it, you're left with a scar with remaining tattoo on either side. Or if you're going to do it, like in this case, this patient's, Uh, suggesting that we remove part of the tattoo but not the rest of the tattoo it will distort the skin around the area and it will move the tattoo because you're removing that piece of skin and you're stretching the rest of the skin so it will distort everything and it will look strange if you're just removing part of the tattoo because there'll be a big scar and then another bit of tattoo on either side of it and because most of the time we're doing ellipses which I the Shape of the room tattoo if it's adjacent will change, so it, it will it will distort the tattoo that's left. So it's a bit it's a bit fraught with potential issues having um, part of the tattoo. So I think that is uh, something to very much consider if you are going to. Um, go down that route and uh, I think what's more, so first of all is it possible and secondly is it going to look better than what you've got now because often these tattoos and this one in particular look fine and often by excising them we can make them look worse because we give you there may be a reason you hate the tattoo maybe some kind of you know uh, sort of uh, linking with an event or a person or I don't know something emotional attached to it that you want to get rid of it which is fine but you have to be aware that it might things not look great it might make as I say if you're leaving a tattoo nearby it might distort that and uh, obviously there'll be a scar so it's all about that sort of being aware and being um, happy that it's actually worth doing that's what it's all about when it comes down to. So where's that? I've got a photo her. Oh, Rebecca's coming with it. Thank you. Oh, we got what's that? Oh God, what's happened here? Then the TT, t- t- then boobs a week later. The TT, t- then boobs. Olivia, that's a, that's crazy talk, Olivia. I wouldn't. In my view, I mean, I don't know if a surgeon's saying this to you, then maybe they've done it before and it's all worked out fine. But in my view, I'm like have it done at the same time, no problem, or three to six months later. That's it for me. I wouldn't a week later seems craziness in my view. I would have it done at the same time or three to six months later, and in fact probably close to six months later. I'd have it. You know, if you can have the tummy tuck, then wait six months have your boobs done. They're both big operations. Can fat return after tummy tuck or lipo? Interesting question, Tracy. A lot of people think it can. Uh, In fact, a lot of people think that for some reason, liposuction, it can come back. I don't know why. I don't know why they got this in their head that with liposuction, it can come back. But um, not strictly true, uh, Tracy. When you remove fat, you remove fat for good. We have all got the same amount of fat cells in our body. Fat people, the fat cells are bigger than thin people. So fat people don't have more fat cells. They've just got bigger fat cells. Now, when you do liposuction or when you do the tummy tuck or whatever, you're removing fat, you're removing fat cells, and you they're in a bucket somewhere, they've you know, they've gone. They can't come back, they're gone. Those fat cells are gone from your body forever. Now, having said that, there will always be some fat cells left behind. Obviously. So the fat cells that are left behind can get bigger. So you can protect you from, you know, just because you spent thousands of pounds on liposuction or a tummy tuck. If you put on weight, you put on weight. It doesn't give you a, a, a ticket to then go and, you know, eat or, or, or eat unhealthy or not exercise or whatever. You can still put on weight if you've had a tummy tuck or liposuction. And you can put on weight in the same area because there is some fat cells left behind in that area. So. It is um, important to realise that that fat won't come back. That fat's gone forever. But the fat that you got left behind can still you can still get get uh, you know put on weight. Um, so it is important to try and um, maintain your weight or least have surgery when you're as weight that you can maintain you don't what you don't have weight fluctuations after surgery because if you have weight fluctuations after surgery your weight will fluctuate you'll get bigger and smaller um uh, now with regards to breast reduction procedure typically what amount of volume reduction do you typically achieve can you can very large breasts ever be made very small i'm guessing there is a limit how small someone with large breasts can go? Is an F to a C doable? So um, good question, Rebecca. And you're absolutely spot on. There is a limit to how small you can go. Small um, rider on that in that you could go, like if you did want to go really small, you could do what's called a free nipple graft where you take the nipple off and put it back on again, in which case you could go really small and that's for someone with huge breasts usually. Wouldn't really be thinking about that, but someone with an F cut breast. It's all with cut breast, we would be planning to keep the nipple attached on a stalk so that the blood supply and the nerve supply is attached to that nipple. And that the bigger your breasts are, the more significant the lift is. We call it the pedicle, and that the, the more volume that holds so the Bigger the breast will be afterwards. The point one, point two. You want to have a nice shape to your breast. A lot of people say I want to be really small, get rid of them. I've had enough of them. Ugh, hate them. Want to be as small as possible. And sometimes, depending on the frame, you don't want to have it too small. You don't want to lack projection. You want to have some projection. You want to have a nice shape to your breast. So those are the two things going through my mind. I want to keep the nipples, blood supply, nerve supply live with a. Uh, enough tissue going to the nipple on the pedicle but also I want to give a nice shape to the breast, I want to have it like a pyramid of the the nipple at the apex uh, of the breast to give a good shape so that will define the size of the breast I don't really go on cup sizes if someone says look I'm an F, I'm not going to be happy unless I'm a C, I'll be like hold on hold on, I cannot guarantee that I can guarantee they'll be smaller and I can guarantee they'll be lifted and I can guarantee they'll be significantly smaller but I can't guarantee a cup size, cup sizes would notoriously unreliable it's very hard to predict cup sizes and it's um is something that so f to a c c d double d e f that's four cup sizes yeah i mean that's that's that might be doable but then you know c It might be a bit small on your frame. I don't know. Maybe D would be, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. It's quite a big jump F to C. It's hard to say, but I think that in answer to your question, there there is a limit. And what we would aim to do, we as in the plastic surgery fraternity, is to give you a nice shape, to give you a healthy nipple and to try our best to give you the that you want. But I think you'd have to go into surgery, accepting that we couldn't guarantee the cup size. But that, my friend, is a good question. That's what I call a good question. They've all been good, but that has also been good. That is a good question. Thank you for that, Rebecca. Um, Paul is in the house. Paul, a long time no see. Can you get a good lift with a reduction? I've got very large bottom heavy breasts. Yes, you can. But you are always limited in terms of the shape that you can achieve with, a lift slash reduction so as i say a reduction does incorporate a lift and one thing that i'm always trying to to point out to people is the shape when you first have it done up here oh it's a lift with implants i just post, I posted a picture on instagram with a big lift with implants like that so that's probably not relevant so forget that anyway um when you first have it done it's up there and then it settles and it settles to a bit of a concavity in the upper pole i'm always at pains to that out so, you have to be aware that it doesn't give you sustained fullness in the upper pole. When you're working on your own tissues, it always settles. Now, it gives you a significant lift to what you are now. A Reduction always does give you a significant lift. But sometimes, if people, again, this is all, all about managing expectations. It's like I was saying about the tattoo question you've got to manage people's expectations. You don't want to say, yeah, yeah, it's all going to be fine, and then it's not fine, and then they're unhappy. And then, you know, you've got to say, look, this is realistic what you can achieve, and you can. Once it settles, there will be a concavity in the upper pole. Now, I would say that's not that, but some people say, hold on a minute, it's droopy. I want it to be more you know, up there. I'm like, a natural breast is droopy, or, or you know, it does have a, a, a sort of a fall in the upper pole from the, from the upper chest to the nipple. It's sort of a concavity. That's a natural shape. So you have to be aware that it does settle, but still it does give a significant lift. So it's really a question of looking at some before and after photos, seeing what sort of results can be achieved, and saying, "Hold on a minute, um, I don't, I'm not happy with that," or "Yeah, that's much better, I'm happy with that." And because you're, um, I'm very happy. No charge for consultation. Not that I can do consultations at the moment. Well, I do vi- virtual. I'm doing virtual on the phone. Uh, this is virtual, isn't it? We're doing a virtual consultation now. But um, yeah. So very good that's another good one paula rebecca did a good one you did a good one We're on a roll here but yeah it's uh it, it will significantly improve the shape and also obviously the size and the symptoms you get from very large heavy breasts uh but you, have to be from, you have to be ready for the once it settles for the, for the shape uh, which as i say is, is usually quite a nice natural shape uh, tracy thank you thank you tracy uh, Rebecca, thank you very much. Getting a bit of feedback here. Thank you Jim. Look at that. Three thank yous in a row. Fripping heck. Blimey. Uh, right, I've delayed long enough. I, I still haven't found my photo. I'm trying to find my photo halfway. Anyway. Scar revision to piercing hole. Um, right, so this, what's the full question? Oh, that's it. That is the full question. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, so this question is a patient who has a piercing hole and wants to get rid of it, and they've allowed me to show their photo so I can I find photo. Um. So my cousin has got a piercing hole in her nose, and she asked me to uh, if I could do anything about it, and I said that I couldn't. Um actually my cousin's daughter, but but I couldn't, and it's very hard to get rid of these piercing holes because anything we do causes a scar, and um, the scar can look similar to the piercing hole. That is the problem, and so you again you have to be aware of what can be achieved now one of the so there will always be a mark there but it might be that the mark is better the particularly if it's the dent you don't like if it's the hole you don't like if you wear makeup and the makeup goes in a hole and you don't like that then um maybe you know there's a there's an argument to say it would be a good thing to do um But you have to be aware that it will leave a um, a mark. Now, when someone has these sorts of things, they often have. Um, well, where's the, where's the email with the photos on it? They often have, as I say, a bit of a dent, and you might think, well, I would quite like to. Um, get rid of that dent and so it is always difficult to get rid of dented scars and you might think well what about putting some filler underneath the scar to push it up um i had someone patient a patient talk to me about that um and wanted wanted uh filler to 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 lift it up but in my experience of putting filler into a dented scar what happens is that the scar is unforgiving and the um, filler goes on either side of the scar so that it actually accentuates a defect so if the filler goes on either side and the um, the dent looks actually worse when you try and inject filler um, into the scar. So, in my experience, I think uh, it is better to oh, I can't find a photos, man. It, it is better not to try and put. Do I do I appear distracted? Sorry if I do. I'm trying to show these photos, but you know what? After all this, I'm not going to be uh, not to put filler in. If you again, if you can find someone who can. Um, who can get good results with that then fine but i but i find that it can potentially accentuate the defects i think as i recall this is like a this is like a, de- a dented in scar i can't remember where it is but um oh it's a piercing hole oh it's not a dented in scar okay so the other thing you so a piercing hole is difficult and if you were exciting you're gonna make the scar slightly longer so you're going to make a slightly longer scar. Now, the aim is to make a flat scar, whereas as I say, the hole, it might be an issue that there's a hole. So the hole could be made better, but uh, there would still be a scar there. The other thing is if you have, like, a dented-in scar, and it, it would be possible to, the ways to fix that are, first, you can excise it and close it, but again, it would still leave you the scar. And because you're excising the scar that's slightly longer than the original scar, And the other alternative is you can um, try and, so a dented in scar, like classic is sort of like an acne scar, is like a a dent. And you can try and lift that dent by taking off the top layer of the skin by some method. There's different ways of doing it. You can do it with acid, which we call a peel, or you can do it with laser, which would sort of burn the skin. But some kind of resurfacing dermabrasion, which is basically like sandpaper, um, to take the top layer of the skin off to try and make these dents look a bit less dented in. So that might help with something like an acne scar, which is like a deep dented in scar. Not so much with a piercing, because a piercing would go all the way through. Um, last, Last ditch effort to try and find these. Totos. Oh, not there. No, can't find them. Oh, sorry. As she's not a piercing. Why have they put piercing? It's a chicken pox scar. Yes, I remember this. I found it. I found it. I found, it. I found it. I found it. I found it. Right. Yes, this is going to be worth it, guys. So, um, yes, this is not a piercing. This is a, uh, this is like a dental in scar. So actually, I thought this one might be um, potential to, to improve with surgery. So um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So what we're going to do now, people, is we're going to use a bit of technology, a little bit of technology to um, demonstrate this. Check me out. You see that? No, okay. This is what we call slick, okay? This is how it's done. Anyone out there think you're doing this? This is how you do it team. You just seamlessly bring the photo in, Okay, very slick. No one even knows what's going on. No one knows. Hmm? Show in stream, that's what I needed. Show in stream. Why well, it's in the stream? Alan's in the stream. Look at that. That's what I'm talking about. Can you see that, people? Can you see that? So there. I think you'll agree that was worth waiting for. So that is what's this? Mm-hmm. So anyway, you can see there's a dented, a dented scar here. So you might think filler will be a good thing. I don't think personally. I don't think filler will be a good thing. I think maybe some kind of resurfacing might help in terms of uh, laser or, or um, chemical peel, uh, which is basically like an acid, something like that, to try and take off the shoulders of it. Oh could consider scar revision. Scar revision would involve cutting it out, which probably I think would probably be my option. But I, I, full disclosure I don't do laser or chemical peels So maybe better I shouldn't say that. She's going to speak to someone who does laser and chemical peels or some kind of resurfacing to see whether that'd be a good option. But um cutting it out would leave a still leave a scar, be a line but the aim would be trying to make it not so much of a dent. It's the dent that's the problem because you fill it with makeups like that. So thank you very much for letting me show your photo. Sorry it took me so long to find the photo. But anyway, um, yeah, I love it. I love being able to show photos. That really gives another dimension, doesn't it? There's another dimension to this. Uh, I think you will agree with that. Um, yeah, so that's where I am with vision to um, Piercing Hole. So in case you didn't see it properly, we'll just do that. Or we can do that. Or in fact that. That's what you want, isn't it? Yeah. That's what you want. Well, there we go. So um, look at that. That's how we do it. Kelly is clapping. I think she's clapping the uh, tech technology um, that was going on there. Right. What's going on? Uh, Natalie's got something to say hope you're well with regards to surgery to make breasts symmetrical again i need a lift and implants how close to them being more or less the same can actually be achieved i've been advised to have two different size implants but i've been told that there could still be some asymmetry thereafter it's hard to find pictures of this to see actual results thank you um yes so you've got options here natalie if you're having a lift and implants if you just have If you're just having implants, obviously you need different sized implants. Now, I've got to be honest with you, Natalie. I tell everybody, like 100% of the people, that they um, will have an asymmetry afterwards. And everybody is asymmetrical before. So if you're just doing implants, then yes, you can have what's called a differential augmentation where you use different sized implants. Now. I think you're absolutely right to be advised that there, you'll say there could be still some asymmetry thereafter. I would probably say to you there will still be some asymmetry afterwards. The aim is to try and make it better. No one is perfectly symmetrical. What, because the implants come like 200, 250, 300, whatever, you know, they come as fixed volume. Let's just say we put an implant in. The smaller breast, so we put a two hundred and fifty cc implant in a smaller breast. Then we put a sizer in the other breast, and we let's just say we had an empty bag. And we filled it up, and it was two hundred and twenty three cc's. Was perfect, but we haven't got a two hundred and twenty three cc implant. We've got a two hundred or another two hundred and fifty, so we've got to go too big or too small. This is the challenges we have. So we just have to get it about right. So you know, often. Slash always you can't make it perfect and we're just trying to bring the symmetry in Now one thing I would say that if you make them bigger the even if the asymmetry is the same so I I've got photos I show people of people who've got asymmetrical breasts where I've used the same size implants and the actual the asymmetry looks less It's absolute asymmetry is the same but proportionally it's less. So if you've got two breasts, one's 50 cc's, one's 100 cc's, and you put a 400 cc implant in both, now before you've done surgery, one's twice as big as the other, one's 100, one's one's 50. But when you've done surgery, one's 40, one's 500. So there's only 50 cc's, only 10% 10 difference. And there was 100% difference before. So proportionally, or whilst it's still 50 cc's, proportionally, it's less. So sometimes it actually looks better even if you use the same size implants but even if we use different size implants it's hard to get it perfect there is a little bit more flexibility if you're having a lift with implants because if you're having a lift with implants there's a possibility of doing a small reduction of the bigger breast to help balance it out and you could perhaps have same size implants and a reduction of the bigger breast or as has been suggested different size implants but you've got a bit of a, a bit more leeway with a lift because you can take some volume out when you do the lift. But still, it's really hard to make them perfect. And no one is perfect, uh, Natalie. So the aim is to make it better. And it's just a question of looking at some photos, looking at some results of your surgeon and seeing what, you know, what's reasonable. But I don't think it's unreasonable that what they're saying to you, that uh, if you have different size implants, there could be some asymmetries afterwards. I think that's... That's uh, not unreasonable. Um, Kelly wanted information on tummy tuck. Had to have an emergency hysterectomy in 2013. And I'm left with lots of skin. It's really embarrassing. Um, Kelly, I've got a guide of frequently asked questions. You can download it from my website. I've also got information on my website. Um, actually, Natalie, you saying you can't find pictures of actual results. Have I got pictures... God, that's a good point. I don't know. I've not got a page on breast asymmetry. I've got pictures of breast asymmetries. I'm sure I must have on my website. Anyway, I'm surprised you can't find this. Um, uh, but, Kelly, yeah, there's information on the website. There's a guide. You can download the guide. If you go to the website, um, or just message me, I'll send you a guide. Um, and, yeah, I mean, often there's a combination of having too much skin, obviously, from the child. And also the hysterectomy, if that's, if that's, um, oh, sorry, hysterectomy, maybe not, didn't have a child, but if you have had children, you got too much skin, uh, but the hysterectomy scar can be tethered um, and that can make the overhang look worse. So it can be a combination of the two. Uh, if you've got too much skin and the tethered scar, it can accentuate the, the uh, excess skin. But uh, yeah, a tummy tuck would get rid of that scar. So that would be an option. Um what information can I give you any information in particular but yeah I've got a guide with the frequently asked questions That'd be, but if you've got any specifics I'd be happy to address them thank you Olivia no I can't see no I can't see the scar can you zoom in it's above the nose between the eyebrows yeah I can't zoom in Go, god, I, mean, I used to get the picture yeah it was here it was there somewhere um god have I been behind on these messages How old is too old for breast implants? Is it true that they'd have to be changed or removed after a few years? Kim, this day and age, you know, it's it's fitness for surgery, really. So there isn't an age limit on it. Um, Although you would think maybe, you know, people very old wouldn't be interested. But there's no surgical age limit on it anyway as long as you're medically fit. And if you're not medically fit, then even if you're young, it might be an idea not to have it. So the age is not a problem. Um, It is true that they may have to be changed or removed. Uh, Usually more than a few years, uh, five or 10 years, they can start to go hard. Now there are different types of implants you can use which are less likely to go hard, but around five or 10 years, they can start to go hard. Now you don't have to have them removed. A lot of people say they've got to be removed every 10 years. Not true. They don't have to be removed every 10 years, but they might start to go hard. You might want to have them removed. And uh, that can be a bigger operation. Well, it is a bigger operation than the first operation. So it's something to think about and it's something to factor in. It's more expensive than the first operation as well. So you have to factor that in. But yeah, that that is a possibility that you might need an operation five or 10 years down the line. You don't have to have one, though. A lot of people have got 15, 20 years with implants and they're fine. So it's not a definite, but they may well need to have the um, super technology. You're absolutely right, Olivia. You've seen it here first. Cutting edge, split screen. We've got the lot here. Um, Kelly, I had a child at the same time. Yes, so the child does it. Yeah, the, um, the child will stretch the skin. And the, so the, basically I'll be saying to you, is your, is your weight stable? Do you smoke? If you, if you smoke, I would say probably don't have a tummy tuck, really. It's that bad. So if you don't smoke, your weight's stable. Anyway, it's pretty good, then Then yeah. But uh, can definitely talk. I'll tell you what, Kelly, you can have a consultation. You can book a virtual consultation with me online if you want, uh, on Facebook. Um, over there? Or over there? Over one of those sizes a booking. It should be booking tab. Looking at me. Yeah, it's that one. There, over there. There should be booking thing. Anyway, um, Natalie's with me. I'm with me. They're going to be bigger. One is going to be 320, and the other is going to be 390. So hopefully they will look more similar. I'll double check your website and see what I can find. Yeah, if I'll have to, I'll double check it myself as well, Natalie. That's something I can do. Put some breast, uh, breast asymmetry photos on. Kelly, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you for participating. Vilma is very late. Vilma, you have no excuse whatsoever. Actually you probably have. You've probably been doing dinner, haven't you? So that is that is a valid yeah, actually have been doing dinner Don't worry, Vilma, you haven't missed anything. Um a bit of a shambles today, Vilma, if I'm honest. Um, Kim, thank you. Uh, Olivia's taken my advice on board, sat pondering, think tummy tuck under local, etc. is a no go, especially with boobs a week later. I'll rethink. I would rethink if I was you, Olivia, but um, a week later is craziness. Talk to people who've had a tummy tuck and say, would well, you have had a breast lift with implants a week later? Flipping heck. No, no. In my view. I mean, I don't know. What do I, I don't know everything. There are a of people out there who've done it and said, yeah, it was great. I don't know. Kelly, sounds good. Thank you, uh, Natalie. Thank you. Good luck with Natalie. Uh, that's exciting. Hope you get your surgery soon, Natalie. I hope we're allowed back in the operating room soon. When are we going to be allowed back in the operating room? Mm-hmm. When are we going to get that back in? Goodness knows. I, I could, it can't come soon as far as I'm concerned, but we have got to this thing under control. I totally understand that. Um, but as I say, it might be in the operating room sooner rather than later in terms of the reconstructive work, which will be um, good, good to be of some help. So um, right, I'm at, an, I'm at an end, I'm at my wits' end. I'm sorry about the technical difficulties with the phone ringing and the um, getting the photo up, but you know what? That's live TV, and that's uh, any influence will, t- will tell you that you know when you are a social media influencer, you've got to take the rough with the smooth, and these things happen. F Y I, this very recording is going to. Go on the podcast. So, if you're into podcasts, please do listen to my podcast. Well, if you've just listened to it just now on the Facebook Live, don't worry. So, this is on Facebook Live at seven o'clock on Tuesday if you're listening to it on the podcast. But if you're listening to it on Facebook Live, you can listen to it on the podcast or previous ones. That was a good bit of marketing there by me, if you don't mind me saying. Um, Olivia, I was panicking off the live last week thinking about waiting a long time to have the surgery in uk so looking at options in india oh wow okay but hold on a minute olivia in are india doing surgery they're in lockdown as well aren't they are they or india there's india they can they do surgery in india perhaps i should go over there and do some surgery me too wondering how much a nose job would cause just to weigh up my cost I'm thinking about breaking my boyfriend's. I'm just joking to stay safe. <laughs> Blimey, <laughs> is it that bad? God, Velma, do you recommend breast augmentation, tummy tuck, and liposuction all in one procedure? Otherwise, mummy makeover. Um, I wouldn't say I recommend it, Velma, but I, I'd say it's a totally reasonable combination. Uh, and it's partic- you know, and and a breast procedure and a tummy procedure is reasonable. The breast augmentation is not that. You know, is, is not that big an operation in terms of what you can do to the breast. So, you know, breast reduction would be a bigger operation. The breast lift with implants would be a bigger operation. So it'd be perfectly reasonable to combine that with a tummy tuck uh, and liposuction. It'd be perfectly reasonable. And it's a discussion on a one-to-one basis with people to see what they want. Some people want it all in one operation to get it all over with, to have one recovery recovery. Uh, for that other people think flipping I you know just gonna get one of them you know it's mainly my breast or my tummy that's the problem so i want to get that one fixed first and then you know sometime after as i say probably around six months later you you may want to do the do the other one or a year later or whatever but it's very is it very common or it's you know it's pretty common to do them both together Is it in a, in a name mummy makeover so yeah i'm not saying i would recommend it Vilma but I would definitely do it if that's what people wanted because it suits some people, but it doesn't suit other people. But it's definitely a thing that can be done, and and I can understand why it can suit people get it all in one go. Cost, yeah, not cause. No, but I think they will start up surgery quicker than UK after lockdown. Okay, well, maybe, uh, Olivia, yeah. Well, you might be right, Olivia. Oh, God, here we go. Everyone's going to go to India now. It's bad enough that we stocked our brain. Now everyone's going to go to India and have their operation. Any patients to operate on? Oh, God. What a nightmare. Anyway. On a lighter note, I'm sure we'll be out of this before we know it. And we'll look back and think, yeah, it was a little bit of a blip. But, um, yeah, I hope hope we'll get out of it soon-ish. So, thank you all for participating. Very, very grateful to you. Sorry that there was some shambolic slash slapdash areas throughout the recording. I do generalize uh, that and I will uh, reflect on it and try and uh, present a more professional look next time. Thank you Olivia, thank you. So I'm going to check out if that's okay and I'll wish you all a good night. Hold on a minute. Not my legs, they are your surgery. All right. All right. Okay, thank you, Olivia. Excellent, Kelly. I've got ITB. Uh, phlebitis, no, not phlebitis. uh Would there be a problem? Um, ITP, Kelly. Is that what is that? Is that uh, is that something to do with it? Is that a blood thing? Thank you. I'll probably book appointment after this lockdown is finished. Please do, Wilma. Um, if it is, if, I, if it is, uh, Kelly, I would talk to a hematologist. Um, you so you can talk to a hematologist, or if you came, then uh, if it is a hematology thing, um, then I would, um, we would liaise or we would liaise with a doctor, um, yeah, okay, hematologist, uh, who is looking after that to see whether we need to maximize whether you want steroids, you on steroids, I don't treat that with steroids, um. So we would liaise with your doctor, looking after that to say, look, first of all, is it safe for her to have surgery? Because they might say, no way, don't do surgery, very high risk. Okay, well we won't do it. If it is safe for you to have surgery, then we say, look, can we optimise you? Are you optimised at the moment, or are you in a position where you're, you know, treatments being adjusted and things like that? They're trying to get your treatment levels right because if you're not. Op- Optimize, we, they might say look wait give it six months because we're trying to get her treatment right or whatever so we talk to your doctor to see whether first of all whether they're happy and think it's safe for us to do the procedure and secondly whether there's something they can do to optimize it and then we talk to the anesthetist and, and get things um, worked out that way so that's how we would work tracy i wouldn't even think about having surgery in india i'm going to wait for you to do it <laughs> thank you tracy right someone's waiting excellent uh, <laughs> don't, don't all go to India. No, do what you got to do, guys. If you want to go to India, that's fine. Do what you've got to do. You've got to do the right thing for you. Um, don't worry about me. God. Anyway, dear, oh dear. Right. Good night, Olivia. Stay safe. Yes. Thank you. Thank you all. I will do my best. And yeah, that was a good one. That's a good one. So I'm going to check out now and I will see you all next week, seven o'clock. Um, Kelly, thanks for your participation. And please participate next week and ask me any questions. And, um, the uh, tummy tuck guide on the website, or what have you. Um, if you've got any questions, actually, don't even have to come back next week. Just message me on Facebook or whatever. If you've got any questions, I'm very happy to ask them if I can. And uh, yeah, thank you all for being here. And I will see you same time, same place. And I hope you all, yes, yeah, stay safe in your lockdown. Wash your hands. And um, I'm going to go wash my hands. My hands get really dry. It's getting really dry. i as well, but I don't want to moisturize as soon as i wash washed them. So I have to have a... Anyway. <sighs> getting delirious there. So I will see you all next week, basically. But if you have any questions, please message me. Keep them coming. Uh, keep your chin up. We're going to get through this. And I'll see you on the other side or next week whichever one comes first probably going to be next week isn't it so see you next week for the same again and Vilma good night to you too sleep well nighty night have a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag ask JJ we'd love to hear from you